Welcome to Plug Talk with Amber, where I talk about the not-so-sunny side of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Amber, and I'm so excited because we have a special guest in the building. Today, we're talking to, to Keisha, financial life coach, and she's here to talk to us about how to get comfortable with money. So, Keisha, are you ready to spill a tea? I am. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, i like to start off the interview, interview by asking who you were before you became a business owner and who are you now? Like, how did you become an entrepreneur? So my background is actually a CPA. And so when I started my first business, um, I simply wanted to help entrepreneurs DIY their bookkeeping. And so in my job, um, I'm the controller. So I see a lot of entrepreneurs, small entrepreneurs, um, but they would send in invoices and the invoice wouldn't have a name on it. And so I'm like, how do you expect me to pay this? And I don't even know who you are to pay, or they would have duplicate copies or, you know, it was just bad bookkeeping. So I'm like, I can help solve this problem. What I didn't kind of anticipate is that entrepreneurs, they, they want to know how to do it, but they don't want to do it. Um, and so I'm like, well, why? And the more I started talking to entrepreneurs, the more I realized that their personal finances were kind of messed up too. And so I was like, okay, is there really a correlation between the two? And the answer is yes. How you manage your personal, most times is how you manage your business finances because that's simply what you know um and so we can only do what we know and i'm like well why is there this resistance with money like why is money so taboo like why don't we want to talk about it um and so i kind of fell down the rabbit hole and started you know focusing more on personal but also on with my background like the business is always going to be there and so I started to really kind of research like the behaviors of money or um, the psychology of money, like why we do the things that we do so that we can start doing what we want to do. And so I kind of just honestly fell into it. Um, this kind of niche area that I'm in now, but I didn't start um, in this area. Okay. So how did you, what was your relationship like with money? Um, before you started getting into like CPA and things like that? So it's funny. <laughs> um, so I am first year college graduate. So my parents didn't talk about money. So when I got to college, I, I remember it was like the first week of college. We were on campus and there was this booth and they were like, you can get this free whatever and you sign up for this credit card. So I'm like, okay, like, yeah, give it to me. I didn't even understand how credit cards worked, nor did the person who signed me up for it explain it. Um, I'm just thinking like, it's free money. And then, you know, you get that first bill and it's like, what am I do with this? I don't have a job. How did I even qualify for it? Um, and so even with an accounting degree, a personal finance class was never offered. And so I graduated knowing how to manage millions for corporations, but not the thousands for myself. And I didn't really understand this until I had my son. And I'm like, 
I am not living check to check. I am like living like check to, I was using my credit card literally as a savings account. Um, and so even with that finance background, I still didn't understand how to personally manage my money. And so I, a couple years later, filed bankruptcy and I, I felt this shame and embarrassment about it. But at the same time, I felt this weight lifted and fresh start. And so I kind of vowed to myself, like I would never put myself in that situation again because it made me feel like a bad mom. Like I couldn't take care of my son, but that really wasn't the case. I had a lot of bad behaviors and beliefs about money that once I worked through them, the money thing became easier. And when I say easier, it's easier to identify those limiting beliefs that I can't have more or I can't be wealthy. I'm able to identify them a lot quicker and work through them a lot quicker and see that my sabotaging behavior for what it is and kind of correct it before, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom. Okay. So yeah, that, that brings me to my next question because like you said, talking about money in a household is so, it's like, it's just not talked about. And I feel like I always felt like it was something that I always wanted to uh, learn more about. And I wanted to learn from my parents become, because it comes from a place of like love, but they can't teach what they don't know. So mm-hmm. that being said, how do we sabotage ourselves when it comes to money and wealth? What are some, some of the things that many of us practice that we need to stop? So I think the first thing you have to kind of understand is where our parents are coming from. And so we teach what we know, right? And so we they don't intentionally mean to teach us like, you know, limiting thoughts, but that's what was taught to them. And so, for instance, if you have parents or grandparents or great, great, great parents, you know, in that line, they we pick up what we see. Um, and so that programming, if we don't change it, it continues to be a generational thing. Um, and I think we don't kind of stop to evaluate, like, is this still true? Like, you know, I give the analogy all the time, like during slavery, yes, food and resources were very much limited and scarce. So yes, there was a scarcity mindset back then, but we still hold on to some of those scarcity mindsets, even though we can now get food delivered directly to our door. Um, But it's because we haven't taken the time to say, is this belief still true? Is this thought that I can't ever have this again or have more? Do I need to change that? Like, I remember when my grandparents in their living room, they still had like plastic on their furniture. And it, you know, you slide off of it, but it was because (laughs) this scarcity mindset of, I don't know when I'll get nice furniture again, so I want to protect it. Whereas now most of us are like, you know, you know, furniture isn't as expensive. So you're like, okay, well, I'll get it cleaned or I'll get new or, you know, it's just not a priority. So we still hold on to a lot of beliefs. Some of the beliefs are wealth is impossible or wealth is scary. Or if I get rich, I got to pay taxes. Well, the reality is you got to pay taxes either way. You're paying taxes as an employer and you'll pay taxes as an entrepreneur. So that really isn't a strong belief and it's identifying like knowing what the belief is and sometimes it's very hard to kind of pinpoint it but just kind of saying like 
is this still true? Like, you know, we used to say like money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, you have to, rich people are bad or greedy or money is evil. And it's like, are those things really true though? Um, and if you kind of look at them bit by bit, you realize that no, they aren't true, but those sayings have kind of lingered and lingered. And now we hold them as fact because that's what our parents taught us. And so we believe what our parents taught us. They're our first teacher. So it's kind of identifying what those beliefs are and saying, is this true? Is this belief ultimately true? And if it's not, then what's the new belief that I want to have? And from that new belief that you want to have, what are some experiences that will allow you to start shifting this? You've had this belief for years, so you have to find someone new or a new experience to kind of hold it together. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, you go ahead. Have to change, um, you have to change your mindset because that's one of the things that people think is going to change overnight. Like they hear about mindset changing, but it's not as easy as people think because we have so many negative thoughts going through our head, especially if that's what we're used to. And when it comes down to something that we really want to change, a lot of us give up easily because it is hard to just completely shift your mindset after you've been thinking this for years and now you're an adult and now you're like, okay, well, there are other possibilities. I can make more money. Money can grow on trees for me if I, if I wanted to, you know? Yes. So I think, yes. Uh, you're absolutely right when you say that, when um, we need to change our mindsets around it and challenge what we know. No one wants to challenge what their parents taught them, but we have way, yes. more, <laughs> we have way more resources is like you have to challenge those things because like you said, they only can teach us what they know. Yes. Um, and that's why I, the first thing that I teach my clients is how to reframe their beliefs because we hold on to a lot of beliefs that we kind of got as children that don't serve us as adults. And so, but we still hold on to it. I had a lot of irrational beliefs about money that I'm like, where did this come from? Like it sabotaged me as an entrepreneur. And I'm like, oh, I remember doing this as a kid. No wonder I have a problem with receiving money. I had issues receiving or being allowed to receive as a kid. So I hope that, okay, it's not nice to ask for money. It's not nice to ask for things. How would I ever expect in business to be like, yes, I want you to buy my product. Now I'm asking you for two things that as a child, I was told not to do. You just carry it with you. And it's like, okay, let me, I recognize it because I started to see like patterns. I was like, every time I ask for a sale and I get money, I kind of retreat. And I'm like, why is this? And I'm like doing the work. Like, is this true? And it was like, yeah, it is true. And so I, I did the same process that, you know, I just mentioned reframing is, is this belief true? If it's not true, what's the new belief that you want to have? And then what's the new experience that you want to have with it? So if it's like wealth is possible, but you've never seen someone wealthy, can Oprah be your example of wealth being possible? If she's too high, you know, removed from you, look at another entrepreneur who is doing 
what you want to do in your industry and don't use them as competition, but use them to say, this person is doing the same thing that I want to do in my industry and she's killing it. There is enough room for me. And so you start to shift how you believe because you got now a new experience. But on the other hand, what if you look at this thing and this belief and it's true? Can you give it a new perspective? So for me, I had a fear of success and I didn't really understand it. And it was like every level of success I got to, I lost people. And so when I was doing the reframing, it's like, is this true? Yeah, I am losing people on every level that I go to. So why would I want to, why would I want to go there? Um, but I had to say, okay, I'm either going to be successful or I'm going to kind of play small. Which one? I'm like, I'm going to be successful. And so I had to give it a new perspective. And so that new perspective was my tribe is depending on me to be successful because the more I know, the more I can come back and teach. And maybe the people aren't falling off because they didn't love me, but maybe our time together just ended. We we played whatever role we needed to play. And now we finished that chapter and we can move on in love. So I had to kind of like reframe it. And it's amazing when you think about how illogical it was, or even though it didn't make sense, your mind says it makes sense. So that's all that matters. And that's the driving force. Um, so I, once I started to question a lot of things, it made sense even though it didn't make sense because it made sense when I when I created that belief so now I'm saying like this isn't true anymore this is what I want to believe and then you just go on and find those experiences that's the new belief period because you've shattered that truth that was holding that belief together so going back to what we were talking about right before we got into that, um, you were talking about how our grandparents and parents had this scarcity mindset. And it brings me to how much people want lavish things now, how we just don't know how to manage money. Why is it so important to manage your money? I think managing money is important, but I think before you can even get to managing money, you have to understand why you don't want to manage money. Like what about that scares you? In the finance industry, we want to teach you how to do the debt payoff plan, the savings plan. We want to teach you the strategies and people honestly know the strategies. They don't know why they don't do it or why they're resistant to it and so it's like if managing money is your priority you got to look at why you're not doing it and look at that piece but I think managing money even though it's important you have to understand like what you're spending money on before you can get to the managing piece because most of us don't manage it's almost like the bigger issue is examining what you're buying and why you're buying those things and then once you can understand, like, I'm spending money, but simply because I have the money, or I want to look like wealth, or I want to look like success, or I need this to validate my worth, or is it simply because you love what you bought? Once you kind of identify that, managing money becomes a lot easier because now you understand like you spent money on things that really didn't matter to you. And so you're more mindful now of, if I manage this better, I can buy a lot of the things that I want and value 
and I still have the lifestyle that I want. But just telling someone to manage their money, it's all kinds of resistance because we don't want to do it. It's the same thing when you tell someone like you need to do a budget. When I say they run for the hills, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, budget in their mind means like restrictive and you're telling me what I can and can't buy, but it's like, that's not even the real definition or purpose in it. So we have a lot of these emotional attachments to certain words that make us resistant to doing it. So if we try to budget before and it failed, we're immediately like budgets don't work. Or if we've tried to create a debt payoff plan and it didn't work, we immediately like that doesn't work. But those things do work. It's the mindset that you have about it that's kind of making you resistant to doing those things. So I say instead of managing money, because it has, it does have an emotional attachment to it, um, I say be more intentional with your spending. So examine, look at what you're spending your money on And are those things that are really of importance to you? Or are you spending it simply because you had the money at that time? And then look at what your goals are or what your tasks are. Look at your financial position. Are you where you want to be? If you're not, then what do you need to get out? Because we we inherently know what we need to do. It's just that resistance in doing it. So we know we need to save, but it's like, okay, well, why can't I save? Well, what are you saving for? Or I need to pay my debt off, right? And you need to pay this off, why? Is it causing you anxiety? Or are you feeling like you're, you know, financially drowning? Or you want to buy a house? Or you want to improve your credit? Like we have to get to the why we're doing those things because the why will make us stick to it a lot more than just saying like, I need to manage money. Yes, and we don't, like you said, we don't think about why. It's just like, okay, well, I know I need to do this. Or it's just more of a thought or something that we want to do, but we don't go into details. Because like you said, Mm -hmm. when we hear budget, it's just like, oh, you're trying to restrict what I'm doing. Well, what you're doing is working. (laughs) So you need to do something or they will come up with a plan or I'll say we or we'll come up with a plan. And it's like we did not consult with a professional, something we probably found on Pinterest or an article and trying to implement <laughs> But you don't understand what's going on. You have to, uh, you know, seek help because we don't know everything. You don't know what you don't know. And that yeah. being said, do, do we really need a budget or do we just need to uh, break down what we need to do as individuals? So I'm not. I am so, I'm very unconventional. Um, I don't think everybody needs a budget, especially if you're not going to use a budget. (laughs) So, (laughs) so my thing is if you're, if you really want to get to, if you want to get in a better financial position, know where you are today. And so that means take out the last two months of your bank statements Um, and kind of write down what you bought. Then say, okay, what did I buy that I really didn't need or want now that I've bought it? 
you know, we buy a lot of things and because we're in Target. Like, I I limit Target like it is like the, the omen, okay? Because I know when I go in there, everything is nice and neat, it's beautiful, and then I'll get to the aisle and it'll be like, you do not need this body pillow. Like, you have to well. But it'll be like, oh, it's only $9, you know? So we buy sometimes because it's there. We have the money for it. But when we get home, it's like, okay, you have now a closet full of clothes that still have the tags on. It's really understanding like what your spending plan is. What do you want money to do for you? If you're trying to buy a house, what do you need your goals or tasks to be so that you can have that? If your focus is on saving for this season, what do you need to kind of compromise so that you can make that a priority? Um, if debt payoff is your goal, how can you compromise on what you're spending to get more money to attack that? I think sometimes we also try to do too many things at once and nothing gets accomplished. So we want to you know, pay the debt off, save, invest, um, go on a trip save for a house, save for, you know, emergencies. And it's like your money is um, going to so many different places. It's not being effective as it could be if you focus instead of five goals, maybe your top two. And then once you achieve those, then you start attacking the other ones. I don't think we realize that some goals are are not meant to be done in six months or a year. Like changing your finances and your mindset is a lifelong thing. It is now a lifestyle. So you may have a savings goal, but it may be a three-year goal. It may be a two-year goal. Um, And kind of just be okay with that. Make saving the goal and not really worry about, okay, now I have to transfer this. Like, I tell my clients all the time, I'd rather you save $25 and leave that in your savings account than you transfer a hundred and every month you're transferring it back and forth because then you're defeating the whole purpose of the goal that you set. Yes, the entire thing. Because honestly, I used to do the same thing. I'll get a nice chunk of change and I'll put all of it in the savings. And the next thing you know, well, I'm, I'm gonna put it back. So let me just transfer a hundred out. Then it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just transfer five hundred out. Next thing you know, I done transferred two thousand dollars out of the savings account. And now I'm like, yep. okay, well, when are you gonna put that back? Honestly, like, <laughs> right? When are you gonna put that back? Yes. So my next question is, you know, what are some of the craziest things that you've heard about money? So what's interesting is they aren't that crazy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They aren't. And so I think they're more on the lines of it, it makes sense. And so that's to me when it's the most impactful or the most dangerous to our finances, because we can rationalize that it makes sense in our heads and on paper, it makes sense. So then we hold the we hold it as fact when it's still a myth. So um, I had a client and one of his was, you know, you, the only way to be successful is to go to school and get a good job. And so as an entrepreneur, 
it, it was a struggle with him because his mind says you can't be successful as an entrepreneur because you don't have this good job. And so he would struggle to make money because again, it was untraditional. That's not what his beliefs were based on. And so it, it was a struggle or people say making money is hard. And so then they feel like they have to do all of these things to get it. When you can simply say making money is easy and then you focus on making your money generating activities the first priority of the day. Or we feel like we have to do a lot of busyness and that equates to making a lot of money, but that doesn't, that's just busyness. Making money is how are you presenting your product service to the world? And so I, I just now present it first thing in the morning. And so then I say, whatever I did, that was how I wanted to make money that day. Even if I don't make money that day, that's how I'm presenting it. And so it's not hard anymore. I used to feel like making selling was hard and it wasn't that it was hard it was just that my perception of people selling were pushy aggressive they didn't take no for an answer but that was really my experience with them and so I'm like well I don't want to be like that like you know what I'm saying like I don't want to be that pushy person that's like buy my product like you got to get your mind right you got to get your money right and so I had to change it <laughs> In my head, like making sales is easy. It's just a conversation telling people how I can help them. So it's, it's the ones that are more, you know, practical that are the ones that are dangerous because they sound awfully true. Right? <laughs> yes. And, and that's really true because once you, once you convince your mind that it's true, that's it. That's it. That's it's it. so that's hard it. to come like, back. How are you going to tell me that's not right? I wouldn't yes. like myself, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you really do have to uh, look into that. And that's what a lot of us will talk. You have to go to school to have a good job. Like, that's the only way that you can make um, that you can make money. And that's why I do appreciate the new wave of entrepreneurship and people, you know, just showing people that there are other ways to do things. You know, yeah. our parents' American dream and things like that is not necessarily um, our dream. Things have changed. And like you said earlier, we hold on to things that, you know, as a child that don't serve us as adults, you know, yeah. are reaching for, we're constantly reaching for things that our parents wanted and we're not really looking at what we really want. You might not want to buy a house. You know, you might not want that responsibility or you may not want kids. You may not want to do this. You may not want to do that. It's uh, very important for us to, like you said, look into what we really want to do and being honest with ourselves. So, yeah, go ahead. Definitely. No, I think that, you know, that also ties into when you know what you want and you're okay with that, that also plays a big role in money because you know that you can deserve it. A lot of us are kind of conditioned to play small, don't want for more, just you should be happy with what you have, you're comfortable, why I want for more, or, you know, how would you get rich? How would you get wealthy? What you gonna do? And it's like, there's so many 
different ways now to make money. I mean, we're I'm doing this podcast like in pajama pants. Right. So yeah. you know, it we we're making money a lot of different ways. And you know, it's only natural that you look at how you view yourself and how you handle money in a new way. Absolutely. So how can we change our mindset around money and being worthy of wealth? I know you kind of went over it earlier, but I really want to know what you think about that. So I think you have to identify like, like I, so I do these series of questions. Do you believe that you can be wealthy? And if it's no, why not? Examine that. And then whatever that answer is, is that true? Is that ultimately true? And if it's not true, what's the new belief? What's the new experience? If it is true, what's the new perspective you want to give it? It's, I mean, you have to examine why you don't feel worthy. We all have these upper limits when it comes to money. And people will say, like, when I get $2,000 in my account, like, a bill comes up and then you know, it goes back down to 1500. I can never get past 1500. It's like you can, but your, your mind is conditioned that 1500 is the most you can save. So you have to look at it and say, I am worthy of having more than enough. And even if it's scary, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you have the doubts, what are the doubts? And then go through those doubts. You can have a great business idea, product idea, and Two seconds later, you can start talking yourself out of the very thing that you just created that you were like, that is my goal mine. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at those doubts, those fears, um, those beliefs. And is this true? Is this something that is ultimately true? And if it's not, go through the reframing steps. What's the new experience? What's the new belief? And just really examine it the problem is most people don't want to kind of do the self-reflection they don't want to do the inner work but honestly the inner work is necessary for advancement elevation in every area of your life like yeah this stuff works for money but it's deeper than that so the same stuff that I teach isn't really about money. It's you and how you view yourself with money and how you handle your, your money. So it's like, it is about money, but it's not about money. Um, and that's why when you start to do the exercises, every area in your life changes because money is integral to almost every area of our lives. So it's like, it is about the money, but it's not about the money. It's about you and how you feel about it. Most of us don't believe that we can be wealthy, but I'm like, well, what is wealthy for you? Like maybe your idea of wealth isn't the, you know, Bentley truck and a mansion and a yacht. Your idea would be like, you know, I want $50,000 in my account and to be able to take a vacation every year, you know, somewhere tropic and have no debt. Like, that's your definition of it. Um, and I think sometimes we hold other people's definitions or society's definitions of wealth and think it has to apply to us, but it doesn't. Like for a long time, my definition of wealth was, I just want to be able to not have to charge regular things 
on my credit card. I want to be able to pay for it in cash. And if I need my credit card, it's there, but not have to use it so dependently, I guess. And so once that started to happen, my view on wealth was a little bit different because I had achieved that. And so it's like, you want to aspire to the next level, but don't make it so unattainable that you really, really can't get behind it or believe it to be true. My definition has changed, honestly, every two to three years. It's like once I've kind of gotten comfortable with that, I kind of come up with a new goal or maybe it's a new season in my life. I'm not sure, but they change. And as most goals do, when you know more and you do more and if you've experienced more, your life changes. And so your goals would as well. And I'm so glad that you went into that because like you said, it's not even really about money. It's really about you and your relationship with money and you have to dissect that. It has been amazing interviewing you. How can my listeners keep up with you on social media? They can follow me at Takesha Artists on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, and they can go to my website, TakeshaStheory.com. Okay, spell that form because <laughs> they probably want it's, <laughs> Sure, it's T-A-K-I-S-H-A-A-R-T-I-S. So if you follow me on social media, you'll end up on my website in some type of link or something along those lines. So this has been another fire episode of Plug Talk with Amber, meant to inform and inspire. And remember, you are worthy of wealth. Thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week. Bye guys. (laughs) 